Hello, and welcome to the Mission Inspire podcast, a production of the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation. My name is Mo Barrett, a leadership speaker and a retired Air Force Colonel. Celebrating America's veterans is at the core of the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation, and with Veterans Day right around the corner, we're going to talk today about how the Museum Foundation is engaging veterans across the country through the Museum Veterans Network. To do so, I'm delighted to be joined by Michael Caldwell. He's a fellow retired Air Force Colonel who currently serves as the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation's Senior Director of Operations and Veteran Engagement. Mike, we are thrilled to have you join us today. Um, and so we'll, we'll start off with your veterans um, hat that you wear at the museum. Can you talk a little bit about the Museum Veterans Network and its mission? Absolutely, Mo. And it's great to talk with you again, as always. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, our CEO, Chris Cassidy, and I were sitting in his office one day, and we're we're talking about, well, what what's next? What do we need to focus on next? Because, you know, over the last four years, we've been focused on construction, exhibit design, uh, recipient and board relationships, and fundraising. And all those things are, you know, in a in a state right now that we are we feel very good about. And, and we're talking, and, and, and I said, you know, <laughs> we, we need to do some veteran engagement because we it's an audience we really haven't focused on. And we need to figure that out because I think as it come as we come into um, as we're turning the home turning for home for opening, um, we need to have veterans more involved in what we're doing on a daily basis. And so, so we started a, a veteran engagement initiative. He took me off everything else I was doing and said, focus on veteran engagement. I said, okay. <laughs> and, um, and so I, as a, you know, strategic communications person sat down and wrote a plan <laughs> because that's what we do. Right. And, um, through that process, created this thing called the museum veterans network. And, and really, um, you know, like I'm, I've got all these acronyms in my mind, like we're moving out <laughs> and that kind of thing. But really, it's it's designed to inform veterans about the museum and hopefully get them inspired to be involved. And, gotcha. you know, Mo, I know you've been around a lot of Medal of Honor recipients and a lot of veterans. And a lot of veterans who are around Medal of Honor recipients. Right. It's amazing how we have veterans really feel akin to a Medal of Honor recipient. Mm -hmm. And um, we always talk about the history of the Medal of Honor. Of course, you know, 40 million people have served since President Lincoln signed it in a law in 1861. Mm -hmm. But only 3,517 Medal of Honor recipients. Right. Um, well, some would think, well, that you're setting them apart or whatever. And um, a little bit, they've done something very extraordinary. Mm -hmm. uh, but they to they to a person, recipients to a person will say, well, there was a soldier to my right. There was a soldier to my left. Um, there. Why did I get this? We're doing the same things I was doing. And um, 
And uh, so we just wanted really and felt like we needed more veteran involvement in in the museum and um so we we started this program and uh, had an event on october 2nd we had uh several dozen people attend and we've had 131 veterans sign up to be oh. part of our museum veterans network and we've really just done this in the local area you know, mm-hmm. our next steps are really to expand it nationally. And we also created a cornerstone pro- program. I, I'll i go ahead and talk about that, too. Sure. The Museum Veterans Network is free of charge. A veteran does not have to pay to be a part of it. Um, we'll keep veterans informed about our construction updates, um, uh, invite them to events and that type of thing. Um the Cornerstone membership, you can actually join the foundation, which is really cool, and be a member of the foundation. It's $120 annually for veterans. The The normal Cornerstone membership is $199. And eventually that, you know, will pay for your admission into the museum anytime you want to go. Yeah. Uh, um, 10% off on merchandise, uh, special VIP invitations to events, and that type of thing. So... So it's really cool. And, you know, just locally, we've already brought in 42 people to be Cornerstone members. And we've been doing this for three weeks now. So um, so what we're seeing through all that is veterans really do want to be involved in this in the museum. And we're very happy about that. Well, that's awesome. And you, you bring up a good point when we talk about, you know, like there's this whole range. And of course, you, you and I are both DINFO's trained killers for those but who don't know that's the <laughs> defense information school. So public right. affairs, broadcasting or strategic communication people, um, you know, we, we talk about the people who have the recipients who have earned the award and won the award or been awarded the award, the Medal of Honor. And then you have the like kind of the uninformed citizenry who just doesn't know. And so that's part of what the museum's mission is to do. But there's that that span of people in the middle and the bulk of the majority, if you look at this bell curve of veterans who are aware of and know of these different efforts and know of a Medal of Honor recipient. Um, and so I like that you have this this network that's going to reach out to them in addition to giving a discounted price and 10% off at the gift shop and things. But what role specifically, like what do you want, what do you hope the veterans will do um, when they're coming in and being a part of the Veterans Network or just being a part of the Museum Foundation? What role do you think they have? I think several, actually. And um, that's why we wanted to start this now and Mm -hmm. get it organized for when we're operational on March 25th, 2025 and dedicate the building. That's Mm -hmm. of course National Medal of Honor Day. Um, We're always going to need volunteers to do something. This museum will be an event haven for you name it. We're always going to need volunteers. We're we're going to need docents. What better docent can you have than somebody that's been through this, right? And can internalize these stories and inspire everybody else who comes in there to help them see themselves in someone we're talking about or displaying in the museum, the some story we're telling in the museum. What yep. what better person than, you know, people that have been through it themselves? Um, we'll we'll need people to serve on panel discussions and be subject matter experts on things as as we 
uh, have different types of events in the museum. So there's a wide range of things I think veterans can do to help and and be very, very credible uh, sources of information and storytellers themselves. Veterans are great storytellers. You know? Oh, yeah. They got all kinds of stories. And these are real stories. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about how big the fish is. I mean, these are real stories. And they're great storytellers, and and we want to just um, you know, um, to use a, a a really bad Air Force term, leverage their capabilities. So um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and be a part of this, and it, you know, it's just incredible. The, <laughs> veterans want to talk to Medal of Honor recipients. And a Medal of Honor recipient will stop everything they're doing and yeah. talk to a veteran. It, it's just a great relationship. So, yeah. you know, I'm glad we'll be able to expand on that as well. Yeah, well, that's good. And for those of you playing along with staff meeting bingo, the word leverage has just been uttered by Mike. So leverage is uh, make sure you mark that on your bingo cards. <laughs> I, I am glad I could help. <laughs> We're just going to put it in the free space next time. <laughs> No, but I mean, you mean you bring up a good point, though, too. Although I will say veterans, it seems like every year I hear a new story, the fish does get a little bit bigger. So that that part is a and I know for air crew it was always 10 percent truth in the stories. But um, (laughs) but but you're right to leverage. uh, There it is again. the, The the stories that service members have and may not have another chance to tell except as a docent. I love the idea of a veteran being a docent in this museum because that's meaningful for them. It's meaningful for the the legacy of the Medal of Honor recipients stories. And it's meaningful for the person that's getting to interact with that person. Absolutely. So that's that's a great idea. I love that. I, I love. I may come down and uh, I have a yellow flag. I was a tour guide in DC. I'll bring my yellow go. flag. <laughs> you, you got it. You got it. Uh- <laughs> so, okay. So in addition to, so that was the thing that Chris uh, took everything off your plate and said, you set yeah. up the veterans engagement. But you're really, you're also, your other business, the other side of your business card says you're the Museum Foundation's Senior Director of Operations. So as the DO, can you give us a progress report on the construction? You mentioned it a little bit. We got the opening day a couple, what, year and a half away. But uh, can you give us a progress yeah. report? You know, we broke ground March 25th, 2022. And so we're 18 months into construction and, and things are going great. Um, you know, we have come a long way since you know, it was announced that the museum would be located in Arlington, Texas. That space that we're in now was a little league ballpark, Mm -hmm. you know, that had to be relocated. And then you start over on everything. Yeah. Including digging up all the stuff that's in there and replacing that with what you need. And we now have a great building that's coming up out of the ground. And, you know, I, I know that, everyone who listens to this podcast kind of understands the concept of our building. We have a 200 by 200 foot by 200 foot exhibition deck. That's about an acre of space, 40,000 square feet for an exhibition deck. It's a, it's a steel box that sets on five mega columns. And those five mega columns represent the five military services that um, have awarded a medal of honor. And, um, this steel box is, it's basically all structural steel right now. And there's 2,500 tons of structural oh. steel in this building. Wow. We have this major event center in Fort Worth called Dickey's Arena. Concerts, basketball games, you know, that type of, it's one of these big arenas that uh-huh. seats 25, 30,000 people. 
we have as much steel in this oh building gosh. as they do in Dickey's arena, you know? And, and so it's, it's just an engineering marvel yeah. along itself. All that is in, we have these, if you've seen the design of the building, these great spiral staircases, mm-hmm. um, they're called helix stairs. I've learned a lot over the last four years. <laughs> they're spiral to me. Yeah. Right. Um, and they're, they're nine, nine feet wide. The stairs are nine feet. So Jeez. think about that nine feet wide and they're made out of steel and they're suspended from the ceiling. So it's like 45 feet up there from the bottom of the uh, floor of the exhibition deck wow. down to the rotunda floor and it, and it, and they spin around, you know, we had to get these things made in Rotterdam at a shipbuilding company because the architect wanted longer pieces of steel, these long pieces of steel that wrap around like this. That, that means they had to be cold formed instead of heated up and bent when you heat up steel, you know, it weakens it. Right. So they had to cold form it. The only place we could do that was at the shipbuilding place in Rotterdam. These things are in now. It's really cool to watch, um, to see this. And um, and then we had to get this, our, our um, theater, 230-seat theater in our nice. great hall, has a wall of glass overlooking the Mark Holtz Lake. The, both buildings do. This glass comes from Germany, and it's compound. It's very thick. And so all that glass is in now. And um, we're forming out all of the office space in the administrative areas, our leadership institute, uh, our curatorial center, all that's being formed out now. Wow. And um, and so construction has gone really, really well. You know, we were worried about what would happen during the pandemic. It did have a little bit of effect on us mm-hmm. as far as... Uh, uh, availability of goods of, sure. of, of materials um but we've gotten through that okay we we had to push back um receiving the building of a couple of months but we're still on track to open march 25th 2025 nice um one of the great things i think that's happening out there lynn beck out of houston is our um construction management company mm-hmm we have now about 125,000 uh, man hours of, of labor out there on the site, totally accident free. So I'm going to knock on whatever yep. this kind of wood is on this desk, but totally accident free. And and uh, we just went through a summer here in Texas where it is over 100 degrees for 30 straight days, didn't rain for three months. And they're up there working on structural steel which means it's about 140 degrees up there. No, yeah. you know, and we're just really, um, really, really jazzed about what we're doing there. And, I, and I've got to talk about, you know, the exhibit design too. That's coming along really, really well. And uh, I think this is going to be just a really first-class, world-class museum in which um, we're going to be able to tell stories, you know, mm-hmm biographical stories of these great heroes who they grew up like us you know yeah. i i was just reading a story about um 
Sergeant First Class Christopher Salif. I'm I'm actually getting to do a presentation to um, the Jewish Veterans Association um, very very soon, and yeah. so he he was actually the first and only Jewish recipient of the War on Terror so far, and he grew up in Somerville, South Carolina, met his met his wife there in high school. Uh, attended the Citadel for a couple of years, but, you know, d- decided to get to leave the Citadel early. How many of us do that? Right. Yeah. Right. And joined the army uh, and became an army ranger. So, um, and he's, you know, leading his platoon and um, they, they're in the Pratika co- uh, um, province of Afghanistan mm. and get to their objective site, but they're met by, um, a pretty large enemy force. I mean, larger than they were, and, and it's immediate firefight. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of surprised a little bit, and and they've got to push back. And when they do that, there's a major weapon system that they need that's left. And he exposes himself to enemy gunfire and goes and gets that thing and starts using it. And uh-huh. one of their comrades is severely injured, and um, they got to get him out quickly. So they call in a... Um, uh, a rescue helicopter and he realizes uh that if i don't do what i'm i need to do right now we're not getting getting him to the helicopter so he puts himself uh-huh. in between the you know his fellow soldiers who are carrying his comrade and 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 the gunfire you know and he's mm-hmm. trying to suppress gunfire as well but he he's constantly doing that finally get him on the helicopter and he's still putting himself mm. in, in the way of uh, of the enemy between the helicopter and the enemy so they can get the helicopter off the ground. Yeah. And he repositions himself several times. And then the final time, he's right in front of the cockpit. So he's in front of the cockpit. He's between the cockpit and the enemy. He's laying down some pretty heavy fire himself. He's getting hit. The helicopter takes off. He gets hit. He waves the helicopter off, says, get the other guy out of here, basically. Mm-hmm. And and they took off and he was severely injured and and passed away, uh, was killed in action with that event and received the Medal of Honor. Yeah. You know, these are the types of stories we're going to yeah. tell. And and, you know. I grew up in a small town in Alabama, he grew up in a small. I was I'm inspired by that, you know, right. and and I'm like. I should be doing something extraordinary with my life too. If he can do that right, you know, right. behind a, a beautiful wife and a beautiful young child. And I'm going to show their pictures in this presentation. Good. And, Good. Um, and, and, you know, it's not just a medal of honor action. These, these folks have lives and, and we're faced with a pretty harrowing day and did something extraordinary. And, yeah. and, and they're great stories to tell, which is yeah. what we get to do in this museum and inspire people to, to live and lead with honor and do things extraordinary themselves. Yeah. So, well, absolutely. And I love the, especially it, yeah. for the, um, the medals that are awarded posthumously that we can still tell their story because they're not, not around. So for his family, for the kids he leaves behind for his family that may not have heard the story or hasn't heard the whole story um, that they, that they get to hear that. And I think that's the great thing about it too, is right. that legacy lives on through those stories. So absolutely. And those, I love that. you know, over half or posthumous, and yeah. so it's important to tell those stories. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, because no one else is going to tell them if you no. know if, if we stop talking about it. Yeah, no, no. So you're exactly well, that's great. right. 
And all that stuff's going to happen in the museum. You talked about the exhibit hall, um, but we have talked on this show before about the legislation that, uh, that's on its way through Congress to build a National Medal of Honor monument in D.C. And I know you're, you've you've spent uh, some time, a couple <laughs> tours, uh, sentences in the Pentagon, so you're familiar with the D.C. area. Uh, but do can you update us on the latest on the the Medal of Honor monument in D.C. Those efforts? Sure. So you, you know, as you all know, as as most of the, the listeners know. Uh, it does take an act of Congress to get a monument built on the National Mall. Uh, we do have approval to do that. And back in 2021, the House voted for 16 to zero and the Senate voted nice. 100 to zero nice. uh, to allow us to do that. Now, where on the mall are you going to build it? Uh, that actually takes another act of Congress. <laughs> it really does. And so we currently have a bill before the House that would allow us to... Um, build the monument within a thousand feet of the Lincoln Memorial because President Lincoln signed the medal into law in 1861. So we want to, you know, just galvanize that tie really. And, um, and so it's before the house. Now (laughs) they've had some issues lately, so we're not. uh, Really? I hadn't, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't heard what's going on. (laughs) We, uh, (laughs) We uh, uh, are probably not the highest priority, but uh, I hope now that, um, you, you know, they've, they've elected a speaker, we can yeah. get on with some some other legislation and hopefully yeah. ours will be considered as well. Yeah. So that's where it's at. We we are on the Hill often with uh, recipients to talk about the legislation and a few other issues that are important to Medal of Honor recipients. But uh, to talk about that legislation, we have had total support. We really have. We've had support um, with um, the Interior Committee, the uh, Parks and uh, Parks and Recreation, uh, the um, the Park Directorate there in yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you know National Parks. Um, so uh, total support, and we're very grateful for that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And it, it, it likes there's there's a lot of tie ins between, you know, Arlington National Cemetery and Arlington Memorial Bridge, which connects Lincoln because he, re, you know, galvanized the country after the Civil War. And the fact that the Medal of Honor Museum is going to be in Arlington, Texas, and then that we have this um, the monument that will be close yeah. uh, to Lincoln, too. I just yeah. I love the symbology of of all of that thing, all of, all, all of that stuff. All yeah. of it. Yeah. And yeah, so you've said really you, important. Yeah. And you've shed some light on the construction updates and things like that. And um, and one thing I think is really neat for people when we finally get to get to set foot in there is to look at those things like when you're walking up each of those nine foot steps to know that it was, you know, it was cold forged over in Rotterdam and like all the again, it's not so much symbology, but it's this world effort of. Germany in the glass and Rotterdam in the stairs and all the things that go into it beyond just the stars in the exhibit. So I think that's important too, is that people understand all the thought and that goes into, because you could have just said, you know what, let's just put an elevator in. No, we're going to do this helix thing and and get you a, an honorary architecture degree. But um, <laughs> it, it's neat that we have that in all that evolution of stuff. And of course we know, and we were talking a little bit earlier um, that none of this happens without the support of donors. And I know you're not just counting on the Cornerstone memberships to fund this, but how is the fundraising for the museum going? Yeah, it's a great question. And, <laughs> and it's one of the things I do talk about in the when I get to do presentations. Mm-hmm. You know, this thing does cost money. Yeah. And um, 
and and we have a $275 million capital campaign that funds the 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 cost of the building, um design and construction of the building, uh design, construction, fabrication of the exhibits, and then operating costs through opening. Uh, we have raised $240 million, wow. $375 million. Wow. And um, so we're, we have, we, we are turning over the other rocks now and working mm-hmm. that very hard. We do have several sources <clears throat> to date. We've, that's been all private for the most part, it's been private funding. We've had no federal funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, you know, so we're really proud of the fact that it's been all private funding, a lot of that through a pandemic. Yeah. Um, we had, we have 95 founders, founders who believed in us when we were a brochure program. How about that for another air force term? Never heard um, that, but yeah. I like it. <laughs> brochure airplane. Um, uh, we, uh, when we were a brochure program and they believed in us um, very early on uh, and donate at least a million dollars. So we had 95 of those. Um, And, and uh, many people who've given us also six figure gifts. So Mm -hmm. um, the fundraising has gone remarkably well and it's hard work. You have to find people who, um, you know, what you're doing meets their philanthropic priorities. And so um, a lot of support out there, uh, but you have to find the people where what your project, your mission is, fits with what their philanthropic interests are. And, right. and that takes a lot of work. And and um, we've had, a you know, I used to say in the Air Force, every job's a PR job. Yeah. In a nonprofit, every job is a fundraising job. Yeah, right, so, right. Uh, um, you know, we've all been a part of it, and um, we've got great leadership with Charlotte Jones as our chairman of the board. She's really yeah. been the impetus behind the fundraising successes that we've had yeah. and the awareness that we've been able to create with this museum. And, uh, of course, our CEO, Chris Cassidy, uh, is a great representative for us um, uh, all over the country. Um, so, so it, it it takes great leadership, you know, that, that, um, gives, gives you a lot of credibility. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, and it's nice, again, you've got people in, like you said, awareness. And I think a lot of times with anything in life, whether you're fundraising or just command messaging and strategic messaging, but it's, um, it's people, people need to have the awareness, like what is going on here in Arlington, Texas? Where's my literally failed and why is it gone and what's replacing it? And how is, you know, like, it's, it's just an awareness campaign of, of, like you said, matching up the people who have the money and can donate, but they've got to be aware of this as an option. So, um, but man, that's some, that's some great fundraising. I know you're still doing the work and I know it's heavy lifting, but heavy um, yeah. seems like it's, uh, it's going well though. That's great. It's, um, um, it's a lot of great opportunities and and it's, you know, Mo, it, it's just an easy mission to share. Absolutely. Know? It's just an, and, and it's a pleasure to share. Yeah. And, um, and we all believe in it. And, and so well, well again, working. if you look at the if you look at the votes in the House and in on the Senate side, I mean, how many times do they have unanimous votes? Like how many times is there a zero on one side, you know? Um, and so I think that says a lot too. It's that this is this is a no-brainer museum and it's a no-brainer monument. So I, I love that we have that kind of support and it's 
like you said, it's an easy message to sell. You just got to let get the word out there and get Absolutely. the dollars coming in. So Absolutely. Yeah. And again, if you want to donate, you can go to the National Medal of Honor Museum website, which is mohmuseum.org. Or if you want to reach Mike and uh, volunteer services as a event set up or a docent, um, Mike will take all your queries for that, too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you Mike, can... I want to thank you again for joining us and, and for your service to our country. I know uh, you and I were the smart ones, make the wise choice of the Air Force. Um, <laughs> and it's good to know that there are a lot of exciting initiatives that are going on. Uh, within the museum foundation and that you are right at the center of them for the veterans network and as the do um, so again if anybody wants to learn more about the national medal of honor museum you just go to your computer type in mohmuseum.org and get all the updates you can volunteer to be a docent and you can find out how you can help its mission to inspire america and that'll be it for us today and you can join us the next time on mission inspire podcast